Hello, hello, hello. What's going on? I did not know we were going to do that. Oh, no, we're doing accents <laughs> the entire time. You're doing an accent. No, I'm just kidding. Let's go talk about British gangster films in this forgotten cinema spotlight. Nice. So you know how we like to do little bonus eps in conjunction with an ep that uh, came out, our main episode. Obviously, we had just done Layer Cake. So we wanted to talk about some other British gangster films. Maybe I have a couple categories here, Butler. I have movies that I remember seeing, movies that I need to watch again and, <laughs> and maybe for the first time. And then I have one TV shout out, which I'm probably sh- figure you're going to figure out what that one is. So I don't know how you want to kick it off. You give me some movies. Give me a movie you want to talk about in terms of that revolves around, I guess, the British gangster lifestyle. As Of course, we don't know anything about that. Being good, two suburban kids and from Connecticut. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Phil. Oh, no, <laughs> no, we have no idea what the, uh, what we're talking about. Right. It's definitely a different. Not that we have a, any, a whole different world. Not basically. that we have any idea what American gangs are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first one that comes to my mind that's not Layer Cake because that's probably my favorite is. Well, that's not what the episode's about. Exactly. Is Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Okay. I think the Guy Ritchie film that kind of started it all for him. I think this one is when I think about British gangster films, it's probably the first one that pops into my mind when you say something about it. Yeah, it's very indie, very. Uh, I always remember the fact that the guy who played uh, Sherlock Holmes and young Sherlock Holmes is in it. That's Nicholas Rowe. I always remember that he's in it. <laughs> uh, I do. I have not seen this movie probably in over 20 years. It's been a while since I've yeah, seen it. Definitely I, not that long. I was watching some of it the other day because in preparation for this episode, and I just, it was very gritty, uh, very dark also. Uh, but I will, as I told you, I will say I was watching it on Stars. So that might just be the version they have, but it's just, which it's not. You know, it's not a cut. You know, I like indie, so I like it, but it's just very rough. Uh, uh, you know, ex- uh, compared to like obviously Guy Ritchie now. Obviously, he's more a little more polished, but still, it's you know, it's just it is what it is, which is cool. Right. Um, but no, I, I that was obviously the movie that brought him on the map, and uh, obviously the next film I'm going to talk about is a movie that kind of was like oh. Everyone started paying attention, which is to, which is Snatch, which is from 2000 with uh, Brad Pitt, which is kind of like his follow up film, basically. Yeah, absolutely. That movie is all style, like all style, and it kind of does the same thing with Lockstock, where it, there's multiple storylines all converging. Right. Well, I know he basically took stories he always heard in either the gym or pubs of these kind of tough guys talking about what they were doing and stuff like that. And just basically exaggerated them and made them into separate stories that he kind of loosely tied together. Would you say that this is one of Pitt's top five performances, maybe top 10? Can you give me a Pitt where he's done better? Obviously once upon a time in Hollywood, he won. So yeah, this is definitely even once upon a time in Hollywood, that's still Pitt being Pitt in a way, I guess this is definitely Pitt losing himself in a role and really kind of doing something very unique, very unpit. So I would say, yeah, this is definitely up there nice. for Pitt's roles. And I know they worked on that a lot. I know they had a hard time working on, I know Pitt, after he saw Lockstock, he really wanted to work with Guy Ritchie and it was trying to work on, well, what's it going to be? What's his accent going to be? And working on making this unintelligible <laughs> that no one really could understand. Uh, and the bite, yeah, yeah. And the, the, the boxing stuff and all that. But like he, I guess he was like all in yeah, trying to create this character, which I think is really interesting. Well, he, all he's, a guy like Pitt doesn't need to create a character. He's usually all in for everything. When he was not that I we're getting off topic again, but when he went to do a fight club, he took the cleanse to kind of make himself lean, to make himself yep. the version of, one of his two teeth. Right. Yeah. He did all that, which is, you know, obviously, he has some kind of dedication, but we're not talking about Brad Pitt. Uh, <laughs> another movie that we had referenced that I'm going to bring up that I had just actually watched last week because I wanted to watch it 
was The Long Good Friday. It's from 1980. It's directed by John McKenzie, written by Barry Keefe. It stars Bob Hoskins as young Helen Mirren, Paul Freeman, who plays Belloc in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Derek Thompson, Brian Marshall. So this is like a movie that when you talk about British gangster films, mm-hmm. this is a movie that inevitably inevitably is referenced. Mm-hmm. And where the fact that there are people from Long Good Friday that are in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, be- I'm pretty sure because of that lineage to this movie. Uh, I know you have not seen this movie. I I, I want but to, but I yeah. think you should. Yeah. Uh, it's only on Criterion channel. So I don't know if you got that, if you're able to get that. If you give me your login. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my login. <laughs> but um, it's basically like Hoskins comes, he, he's in, he's away and he comes back. It's like a slow paced chronicle of his life being taken out from underneath him and by the actions of others and by his own actions. And he's just, he can't, He's trying to figure out stuff's happening. People are, there's explosions. Somebody's trying to ruin his life and he doesn't know why. And he's trying to figure it out. And it's just, there's a, this is Pierce Brosnan's first movie. So Pierce oh, Brosnan's cool. in this movie, very young. And it's like, he says he only has one line of dialogue and it's high. And it's, just, so it's, <laughs> it's really, it's super eighties, even though it was shot in 79, it's super like, you know, it's just gritty and hardcore, but it's, it's good. It's, it's really good. And Hoskins is really good in it. Um, so I do recommend that to you. That's a long, good Friday. If you can, anyone out there can find it, find it, Mike, what other movie you want to talk about? Uh, something that kind of just came out uh, a, a few years ago that I don't think gets a lot of attention is legend with Tom Hardy, uh, where he plays two different British gangsters who are brothers, the craze, uh, the craze. Uh, it's not necessarily the greatest movie Mm -hmm. but i think the acting and the style in that movie is also really good and i think it's a different kind of gangster movie than let's say the guy Ritchie kind of style of movies well it's not that quick pace it's not that quick play stylized like you know like but then let's cycle back because i was doing this the whole time (laughs) Uh, but i do think it's really good it's got some great moments and it's got some great dialogue with tom hardy and and some great like memorable moments in that film that Mm -hmm. i really liked no i i hear you uh so there's a movie that uh, I have not seen uh, that I want to watch. Uh, and I don't know why I, n- I remember when I saw this movie, it came out. I was like, Oh, I want to watch that. And I never did. It was Dom Henning- Hemingway 2013 actually stars Jude Law as the, the lead character. It's just a, basically it's a gangster film. It's about a, it's a almost like a biopic kind of thing, but not really written directed by Richard Shepard started Richard E. Grant as well. Amelia Clark's in it. Um, it's when I saw the trailer, I was like, I kind of want to watch this film. And then it, like, I never saw it again. It must've just <laughs> never came out. And, and like, he like Jude Law is, is, huge like it's like un, he's almost unrecognizable really yeah so uh I, that's something i want to check out i do also want to watch again sexy beast from 2000 that's directed by jonathan glazer stars ray winstone ben kingsley's is obviously who's is heralded for his role in this movie because right. he's so maniacal and so just he's so scary in this movie but ray winstone is actually re, is actually the person that does e- is equally as well as Ben Kingsley's movies never referenced. This is kind of what got Winstone all those roles yes. in the early 2000s yes. after that. So, that. Yeah, it is a very good so movie. I have only seen sexy beast once. I want to see it again. I, sometimes you, when, like you said before, I watch all these movies. Yeah. I, I never go back. I want to, you know, these are some movies I want to go back to. What else you got? Uh, the original Get Carter. Oh, yeah. A lot of people. Not You mean not the Stallone well, one? Everybody Ugh. thinks it's a Stallone one, but originally it was a British gangster film with Michael Caine. Uh, it's really, really good. Uh, it's definitely like a 70s movie. It's definitely that kind of slow burn kind of, you know, you got to like film or appreciate 1970s films to really like it. But it's really, really good. And Michael Caine is fantastic in this film as well. I like this movie quite a bit. There are a lot of British gangster films that, Probably we never either ever heard of or never, you know, 
ever make it over here. And it's probably obviously has to do with a lot of uh, the the setting because, you know, how can Americans relate and all that stuff. So, right. But going back to the Long Good Friday, there's a scene in Long Good Friday where it, when uh, where it's supposed to be, oh, it's so violent. But like, I must have seen, I must have seen a lot of violent scenes because it wasn't as violent as I, as <laughs> I thought it was going to be. But it was the 80s, so I get it. Um, you know, maybe that was just, it was just so... Uh, strange to see on screen uh but uh, would you want do you think that these type of films maybe these british gangster films uh are are probably not a dying breed over here but because you don't see as many of them because i can give you tons of american gangster films that oh, are yeah. big big studio films but like i can't give you a lot and that might be because we're over here in America. I think we're over here in America, but I think there's something very, very fantastical, very story-like, very opera-y about like, let's say the Italian mob or, or any of these mafias. And a lot of the British gangster films, they're robbers and thieves and, you know, uh, middlemen or drug dealers. They're not like a cohesive. Merta and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's people that maybe the Italian mob ends up part of it and like work together, even in Peaky Blinders. Uh, which is even more of like a mafia. Uh, it, like they're not necessarily one cohesive unit. So it's not as sexy, not as operatic, not as uh, kind of old, like myth- mythological family names down the lines of like, I'm going to bequeath you this crime organization. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think that might be why I think it's, it's a, it's kind of a hodgepodge. And I think that another reason is probably Guy Ritchie. Okay. It's kind of like he did it so well that I think it's tough to do it again. I mean, I think Layer Cake kind of takes that Guy Ritchie style and brings it in a slightly different direction. But I don't think that those kind of movies are what people want to watch anymore. But you also have Guy Ritchie just did The Gentleman. And and, I like The Gentleman quite a bit. That is kind of like a little updated version of uh, maybe this kind of it's it's almost like it's not it's a British crime film that's not really about, you know, because in Lockstock, it's more about, you know, they need to pay off a debt of 500,000 and it's like they don't have that money cuz they're not they're poor. Yeah. In the gentleman it's all about high stakes money. It's all about a huge weed business and it's about, you know, millionaires, you know, like that kind of thing like trying right. it's almost like I know McConaughey's in in the gentleman and he is uh, he's an American in the gentleman so it's like he's trying to get out, he's trying to get out but they're pulling him back in and you know almost like can he be that can he legitimize his right. crime business? Right. right. So that it's a little bit more of a I want to say advanced, but a little bit more of a mature style British gangster film where mm-hmm. it's not, he's not in the muck or he he's trying to be out of the muck. He's already at the top of the layer cake as it were. Ah, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> well, I, why don't you explain the layer cake for maybe people who haven't seen or maybe listened to our layer cake episode. What, 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 what do you mean by that? So in the layer cake episode, the whole thing is Daniel Craig's Mr. X, who you never get to know is trying. He's the middleman for a drug company or drug business. he, Make sure the cocaine's processed. He ships it out. He does the deals, knows how much things are worth and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't actually do most of the crime, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, but he's trying to get out and legitimize himself. But he's told at the end by the head gangster that he's only just getting started. He's at the, at the pedestal where he's going to keep moving up the layer cake, where you the layer cake is you take some shit, you move up, you take less shit. You keep taking less shit till you're at the top of the layer cake and you're the one giving all the shit. Uh and that's where his character is headed, regardless of whether he wants it or not. You can't ever leave the layer cake. You just move up layers. 
And I think a lot of these films kind of deal with that kind of same thing. Well, there's always a pecking order. There's always a... Right. And yeah. I think even like The Godfather even harkens back to that with um, Corleone. Michael Corleone just can't get out of that. He just moves up. Oh, right. I got you. Yeah. I got you. You talked about Peaky Blinders a little bit, and I was going to bring that out as my TV I figured, show. I, I, after I said it, I was like, oh, shit, that's probably... No, the, that's, that's probably, probably fine. That's fine. I don't, do. It's not a big surprise. <laughs> uh, you know, that deals with... It, it's British crime. It deals with kind of like early 20s. I think they're into the 30s now. They're in their sixth season, their seventh season coming up or something like that. I've seen them all, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it deals with kind of the rise of the Peaky Blinders, the, the rise of uh, the lead character, and, and just kind of like, you know... You know, his, I really like Paul Anderson in this movie. In the excuse me, I like I really like Paul Anderson in the show, uh, who plays his brother. He's just he's so like, I always say like, oh, he's so at an eleven when you're talking about right, yeah. But, but it but it works big time, right? You know what I mean. And I will, yes, I will be honest. It does take me a little bit time to understand what they're saying in terms of the vernacular because it's Especially just Tom Hardy's character when he appears. Oh, but I love his character. <laughs> his character is great, yeah. but he's like he's like talking. I have to go. I go right up to the screen. I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just it does a lot of these British films. Sometimes if you're not familiar with uh, a lot of the British films and just the vernacular and, and, the, the, and slang. the speech, the slang. If you're not familiar with it, don't let that scare you. It, you just you got to get used to it. Just look it up. Pause the movie and look it up. It's very easy to. What I like about it is I think even a lot of the people who are watching it, who are regular Londoners are probably also like, wait, what? <laughs> like they got to They got to pause and look because a lot of the slang is very like in the streets. That's the thing that's great about England. It is like no matter where you go, everyone's got their own slang. That's sure. so weird, so different and has a slightly different accent. That's so bizarre. And that's same here. It's same here for older people that watch a film with a younger, younger crowd or younger generation. Right, yeah. They're saying words and, you know, they're saying things like fetch and stuff like that. <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> we're, we're dating ourselves with that line, that reference big time. Uh, but, you know, that, but I, I don't, I don't like when people get scared off because of that kind of, I don't understand what they're saying. It's like, well, then figure it out. I think that's really one of the things that really draws me to these British gangster movies and, and this kind of stuff is that weird vernacular, these weird slang words. It's just like, so what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, like American adjacent, I mm -hmm. guess. That is just so like interesting, like an alternate universe America, like just like well interesting. You know, quick sidebar: when you have uh, corporations eating up corporations, you have studios selling off the studios. What you end up getting is mediocre content and content that's for the general masses. So that's why you want to see movies that are different and you want to see stories that aren't necessarily the 85 stories that you have been seeing, which are the same. There's a reason why the new GI Joe movie looks like a Marvel film because it's boring and it's boring entertainment. And so, Wait, yes, GI Joe's not joining the Avengers. No, I'm sure at some point when they get bought out, they will. <laughs> so yeah, no, I agree. You want to see something different. You want different doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, avant-garde and you don't understand it. It's just a different storytelling aspect. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's uh, that's why I do enjoy watching foreign films, not just British gangster films, but all right. foreign films, because the the subtitles don't scare me because I'm you're seeing stuff that are really well done. Like an another sidebar, uh, <laughs> I recommend everyone go out there and watch Mads Mikkelsen in Another Round because that movie is fantastic. And the fact that they're remaking it with DiCaprio, I get it. But you don't need to. It's it's such a good movie. It's done by Thomas Vinterberg. It's such a good film. And I'll watch the remake, but it's not going to be mad. So it's just like, eh. What's interesting is Mads had the same opinion of that. Yeah. Not to get on a huge sidebar, but he was like, 
this movie, normally I'm okay with foreign films getting remade for America because yeah. it makes sense. You're not watching foreign films. Yeah. But he was like, this film, I think a lot of Americans did watch and yes. could watch. Agreed. But he did say that Americans have a much different relationship with alcohol Agreed. than the rest of Europe. So he says he's interested to see what Leonardo DiCaprio can do with that. Yeah. No, I, 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 I watch, please watch another one. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm getting off topic here. All right. So I guess wrap it up. Uh, I don't know if you have any final thoughts you want to. I think oh, another thing that I, I like about British gangster films that I think separate it from a lot of these Italian mafia films, or even if you watch anything from like Asia with the, talk about like the triads or uh, the Yakuza and stuff like that. These British gangster films tend to be fun in a way. Sure. They tend to be slightly amusing or taking the piss out of themselves to use kind of like a British slang. Uh, they're not necessarily. You're talking, you're talking about films like Guy Ritchie films. Guy Ritchie films, even legend in a way. You know, a lot yeah. of them have these moments that are uh, these moments of levity or, or these moments where they're like, listen, this is bad stuff. But, you know, you're watching a movie. We're not going to like make you super depressed at the end. Of <laughs> a lot of British gangster films have a little bit of a. A bit of pizzazz, a little bit of like a, they're slightly more they're cheeky. Yeah, they're yeah, a little cheeky. <laughs> so there's something that you're not like, you know, I'm not watching putting the Godfather in every you know other day like probably somebody else we know. You don't find it's funny when he puts the orange slices it's in, in his, his mouth, mouth and scares his, his kid, scares his grandson. Well, you don't find <laughs> that funny. Like, you don't find that funny. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's something else that I think people could appreciate in a British gangster film. Sure. Uh, that's not necessarily somewhere in other types of gangster films. So hopefully you found, you know, something that you maybe haven't heard from before, you know, snatch along good Friday, sexy beast, Dom Hemingway, you know, check them out. I'm going to actually make it a point to try to get Dom Hemingway on my 65 inch TV at some point <laughs> in the next week or so. I didn't know that Clive Owen did one with uh, the guy from Croupier. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, that. I haven't, yeah. That's one I haven't seen. I do want to check that out. Why? You didn't like Groupier. Remember? You crapped all over yeah, it. But I do episode. like uh, Clive. Don't, want, don't let him watch Malcolm your movie. McDowell. <laughs> 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 uh, I got nothing else, Butler. Why don't you send us out? All right. Check us out, Forgotten Cinema. Uh, check out our episode, if you haven't already, on Layer Cake. Uh, it's a great British gangster movie that you may not have heard of. It's, it launched Daniel Craig into James Bond and started Matthew Vaughn's career as a director. Uh, he's famous for the Kingsman franchise and Stardust, I guess. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but check that episode out on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to this episode so you know where we are. Like, rate, subscribe, help our podcast out. All right. Take care, everyone. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to Forgotten Cinema Spotlight, British gangster films.